everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. This is so exciting. We are here for another episode of the Female Film Critics Speak Out panel, where I gather some of my friends from uh, YouTube and from uh, the world of, of criticism, and we talk about the challenges of being a, uh, a critic, a female film critic in this toxic day and age and we get to share each other's experiences and I've just really enjoyed getting to do it so far and uh, I have some really special guests today particularly with the with it being October I thought it would be fun to get a perspective of some awesome female content creators who are in the horror space and talk about their experiences and uh, so I'm joined today first by uh, Amy Cassandra Martinez uh, is here Hello. Yes. And uh, Shannon McGrew is here. Hello. Yes. So I'd like to start out with each of you introducing yourself and telling a little bit about how you became a, uh, a critic uh, or a YouTuber, depending on what you do. Uh, and so Shannon, why don't you start out and explain your, your journey? Sure. So um, I run the entertainment site Nightmarish Conjurings. I started it about, uh, I think it's like six years ago. I had just finished reading Stephen King's It, and I was furious, and my friends were tired of me talking about how mad I was about the ending. So they're like, you should just start like a little blog. And I was like, okay. And that little blog ended up snowballing into a pretty much a full-time site. Yeah, that's great. What about you, Amy? How did you start up your channel? I, I'm a host, um, like an entertainment host. So I love to talk about movies and um, all geeky things and horror things. But it all started with trailer reactions. I would have to say, like I had my YouTube channel back since college when we had to get one. Um, but it wasn't until I started doing trailer reactions with Avengers Infinity War that I feel my channel started to really grow. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I want to do more stuff. Let's just talk about movies some more. And then from there, that turned into the horror show that I now do weekly on my channel. And so it's very much like a growing community. So every single year, every single month, it feels like it evolves. So yeah, trailer reactions, I would say, is how I started. Yeah, and you still do a lot of trailer reactions, it seems like, on your channel. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, the most recent <laughs> one that people were excited about was the Batman trailer yes. reaction. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a really fun one. I, I, watched, I watched that one for, oh. uh, for you, for your video. That was really fun. <laughs> I'm so uh, glad. Now I'm like, oh my God, what did you see? What did I do? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I also watched your, your Snyder Cut uh, reaction, and that was fun too. That yeah. looked like that was a pretty controversial <laughs> one. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what what do you think, uh, Shannon, what do you think that women add to the world of criticism that is unique? Uh, and what do you do? You th why do you think it is, it is necessary to have the perspective, particularly in the world of horror and horror critique? Uh, what do you think that women add to the discussion? Well, I think with horror in general, you know, you're talking about a genre that uses monsters um, for both, well, a lot of times they're metaphors for something else. Mm. Um, I think women or anyone, you know, anyone that identifies as a woman knows what it's like every day 
to encounter horror in their own way, whether it's going outside to get your car and having your keys in your hands or making sure somebody knows where you are if you're traveling to another place, you know, things of that nature. I think, I think women are kind of just used to having to take precautions. And I think that women's voices, especially with different subgenres of horror, such as rape revenge, mm -hmm. need to be you know, vocalized more because that is, we, we don't need to keep hearing men retell stories like that. Like women need to have the opportunity to be able to express, you know, storylines that affect them on a much higher scale. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because I mean, in most of the, most horror movies, the female is the final girl is the is the victim that is being pursued and so to not have a a woman's voice kind of critiquing and speaking out and giving response I think just wouldn't make sense and as like a kind of to piggyback off that um you know when we think of the final girl it's usually always somebody that is embedded with these tropes of like she's a virgin and she's innocent and she's attractive and she's and it's like that doesn't need to always be what the final girl is like they can be flawed and mm -hmm. still be a final girl they don't have to be like the pinnacle of beauty like they can be any of us and I think that that's important yeah Amy what do you think about uh having female uh, perspectives in the world of criticism well we're in movies, right? <laughs> We're in movies, yeah. So yeah. we should be able to talk about how we're depicted in movies. Like that's that's it. If we watch a horror movie, and the woman is going through something, and it doesn't feel realistic, nine times out of ten, it's because it wasn't written by a woman, mm -hmm. or there was no woman around to be like, uh, "That's that's not how that works." You know? Okay, cool, cool, cool. And so then for us to be able to point out and say like, hey, you know what? That didn't really work. Let's try to do better next time. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, I, I talk about on my show all the time that I have a difficult time sometimes talking about movies in depth and really critiquing them like hardcore. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, you guys made movies and kudos right. to you because it takes a lot of work to even get to that point where you've already released it and the world can see it. But at the end of the day, we're also trying to actively get better in all facets of our life. And I think that also includes movies. Like we don't want our movies to just go downhill. And I think kind of nitpicking a little bit and being like, you know what, that didn't work this time. If you have a sequel, change that. Um, yeah, I mean, we're movies, women talking about movies. It's just important because we watch all kinds of movies and I feel like sometimes we might get just put into this little section of, I guess, a genre, right? So like mm -hmm. rom-coms, I love rom-coms, right? Like I, I grew up obsessed with rom-coms. So for me to now talk about horror, I can understand maybe people might be confused, but it's like, you know what? We can like it all. And yeah, we, we can, can talk about it all. That's right. So that's what's important, you know? Yeah, I really, there's a lot of really good things you just said there. And I, it's something as a film critic or trying to become an established film critic, something I always try to remember that at least the people that have made whatever it is I'm critiquing have made something. And I, I think at the, at the speech uh, by Antonigo in Ratatouille, 
he he says uh, he says that uh, the bitter truth we critics must face is that the in the grand scheme of things the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so and i i always try to keep that in mind that not that what i do is junk i try to do as good a job as i can but to remember that that it's a privilege to get to to critique what people have created and to try to be respectful of that. I think it's really important. And then Ego goes on to talk about how the critics, when the critic is doing their job is when not only in providing that criticism, but also in defense of the new. So the new needs friends. And so if we can kind of counter, counterbalance the critique side of it, and uh, sort of the temptation to rant and rave and and uh, in those kinds of things, but but with a defense of the new, and with a uh, with a introducing people to something that they might not have ever heard of before or seen it before if it wasn't for our content. And I think that's what's what becomes really rewarding and really special. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, uh, Shannon, about um, what Amy said? I definitely agree. I think you know. I, so Nightmarish Conjurings has about 40 or 50 writers that we kind of circulate. And I've always been big on like, you can critique, but let's not be like outright mean. Because this is somebody that has spent time and money and energy and, and passion and blood, sweat and tears creating something. Does that mean there hasn't been times that we you know, we have been harsh before. There have been things that have driven that. But for the most part, you know, I'm very big on, like, let's not just be mean for the sake of being mean. Like, if you don't like something, let's explain why we don't like it or why it doesn't fit in. And I think that that's important. Also, to Amy's point, I really like that she brought up that, you know, <laughs> women can be a part of everything. We don't have to be pigeonholed to one genre. And, you know, to both your points, I'm not a big rom-com person. And it's like, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I have to like those films. Right. I grew up watching horror, you know, I, I did go through a phase where I liked rom-coms, but, um, you know, it's, we can do whatever. Yeah, yeah. There and and the idea that as somebody who is in the rom com community for for a lot that I cover, the idea that that's somehow like easy or like of less value is such mm. rubbish. Uh, that it, that it's really hard to 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 get that chemistry right, to get things uh, to so they it's an enjoyable experience, and uh, and so it, it it's all important and valuable and you know it's kind of about where does where does your audience lead you as far as what you end up covering and what you know what you end up but it's a uh, it's yeah we can we can enjoy all of it and i think it's really fun actually to get out of uh we'll talk a little bit later about uh about my experience with horror but it's fun i think to get out of your comfort zone and to really push yourself into these genres that maybe you think that, oh, I, I, I don't like that genre. And then you try out a few things and you're like, oh, well, I did actually like that. <laughs> it makes you a more interesting person. But how, how have you felt, uh, Amy, how have you felt as far as your reception as a YouTuber in particular within the mm. horror community? Because there, there is sort of a, I think a, uh, I've heard from, I've heard from other people that it can be not the most welcoming 
uh, of community as far as female voices. Have you felt any of that or do you feel like it's been pretty accepting? I feel, I still feel a little bit outside of it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very much, I mean, if you look at my YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of trailer reactions for all kinds of things. Um, a lot of nerdy content and a lot of playlists of stuff that I do for other outlets. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely started to not necessarily rebrand, but like add horror to it because I realized, you know what? Like I need more people to talk about horror with and I don't know where they are. <laughs> so I, that's why I started doing the show. Um, and since then, I mean, I, it's a small but strong community. And I feel like, especially because it is live, I get to see what people are thinking um, you know, their thoughts on some movies, have they seen them, have they not, and if they give me recommendations, like, I have a discord now, it's just keeping that conversation going, um, and also welcoming people that don't necessarily like horror, mm -hmm. or are scared of it, um, I feel like, I don't know, I look like 20, 18, 23, whatever, and I look <laughs> like I wouldn't normally like horror, but for me, the bigger, the gorier, the messier, the more disgusting. I'm so there. I love it so much. So it's certainly like kind of jarring. I must think for people to see me and then hear me talk about stuff. Um, but yeah, I still feel like I'm very much outside of it. And the people that I have talked to about horror, they've been great. And if not, then, it, then I get people that aren't in that community saying, I don't like horror, I don't sh And I'm like, look, okay, here's the thing. Horror is kind of like riding a bike. You're not going to go from walking to riding a bike. You're going to go from walking to maybe wanting to ride a tricycle. And then you're going to get super experience with the tricycle and then ride the bike. That's the problem I think that a lot of people have with horror is that they went from zero to 60 and they got super scared and they're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't ever want to do that again. And I feel like maybe having that conversation open up, be like, you know what? let's start off with a level one horror movie. Okay. And then go to level two, level three. These levels are all made up and I just kind of figure out as I go, but it's just, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm feel like I'm very outside of it still, but the more I go into, into the world, the more I feel like, yeah, these are my people. I love mm -hmm. it. And so far so good. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, this week I am doing Disney scares month on my channel. This is mm -hmm. my fifth year doing Disney Scares Month for October. And that's sort of the idea is to try to find movies that are like family movies, but that can sort of subtly introduce people into the genre and, uh, and give them a feel for what they might like or not like. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be too scary with, with Disney. Um, and mm. uh, this week, I actually did uh my a collab with lee from drum dums uh and uh he has a great channel and we talked about watcher in the woods which is a disney uh film when back in this in the uh in the 70s late 70s early 80s when i think it was actually made in 80 1980 i believe but anyway when ron miller was head of disney and they were trying to go into some more darker places and that was one of the things i talked about in my review was that uh that this would be a really good gateway horror thing because okay. nobody's murdered nobody died you know there's no rape or murder or anything it's it's all supernatural uh kind of spookiness so i feel like it's it's a good kind of gateway to uh to kind of understanding that world and what's happening i think that has a lot of value trying to uh, introduce people to 
you just become a more interesting person the more art you can try to absorb and and your, your preferences may like I don't think I'm ever going to be like the world's biggest horror fan but I nevertheless have have been trying to get out of my comfort zone uh, since I became a Rotten Tomatoes critic so that I can review anything that anybody gives me um, and uh, it's been a really good experience and I think I'm a more interesting person as a result and uh, so I know what do you think uh, um, Shannon as far as the horror community and them being receptive or not receptive of female voices do you feel like that's something that's getting better Oh, well, I haven't gotten any death threats, so that's good. That's um, good. They're not fun. You don't want them. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten close. It had to do with Terminator. You would think I, like, killed a baby live on air. But um, <laughs> I think I think that it's, it's, it's better, definitely. Um, I like seeing more diversity and inclusivity within the community. I... Oh, this is a really hard question for me as I'm trying to be really good about my answer. I think that there's some struggles still. Um, I think that there's a lot of things from how the community was built in the past that affect still to this day certain aspects of the horror community. And I think that that can be an issue, but I think that they're getting better at much, much, much better at um allowing for more voices to be heard except for just cis white males mm, that's good uh yeah. amy do you feel like people focus on your appearance more than they would for a male critic and is that hard is that challenging um i i feel like they focus not necessarily on my appearance but they might focus on the fact that i'm just a girl that mm -hmm. I'm a woman and they're like, mm, right. what are you doing? And that, I mean, as much as I say, I'm still outside of the horror community. Sure. I know that maybe once I fully get into it, there's always going to be those people that just can't stand having more people in, in their bubble. That's happened a lot of times in the nerd community and um, mm -hmm. geek world. Uh, and I face that a lot because it's like, what do you mean? So like you can be a girl and, and like, like Captain America, I don't understand. But like, you just like the way he looks, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, we can have multiple layers. So it's definitely, it feels like I have to break down a wall already that's always gonna be built there for maybe women too, for women watching me, um, for men watching me maybe, uh, that it's just like, what is she saying? And does she have value in what she's saying? Because the way I look at her, she just looks like she's a kid. Like, who cares, right? What could she possibly add to the conversation? So I feel yeah. like there's already that obstacle, no matter what. But at the end of the day, I mean, people can tell you if you're being real or not, at least what they think. Because then it's like, you take it with a grain of salt, right? You're always going to get those stupid comments and the trailer reactions of like, Psh, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. And it's like, honey, did you even watch the trailer reaction? There? <laughs> yeah. Did you not? Okay. Or they try to nitpick how you've done it you know where it's like hey guys trailer reactions aren't necessarily a place for you to watch the trailer for the first time so the audio is going to be very low so watch the trailer then come here don't nitpick what i'm doing and don't say that the trailer volume is too low and it's hard to focus when i'm talking because it's a trailer reaction now would you say that to a guy i don't think so mm -hmm. you know there's just so many of these things that i'm like at the end of the day 
I just shut them out because okay. I'm not doing it for them. I'm yeah. doing it for me yeah. to help others too. Yeah. Well, but people the are so, me. people are so funny about trailer reactions because they don't want, or at least some people don't want your actual trailer reaction. They want you to mirror their reaction and mm. <laughs> they don't, it's like, why are you watching? Just, just react to it yourself. It's like, start up a channel, do your own reactions. Like if you, if you don't want to see my reaction, why are you watching my content? Why are you watching my channel? And, and I mean, I've definitely felt, I, I've definitely felt the whole, uh, the, I mean, it's a lot of times I end up writing my uh, reviews as opposed to doing them on YouTube because I just felt like sometimes there's a barrier that uh, that isn't there with writing uh, in then mm. people focusing on the way that I look or the fact that I'm a woman or the fact that I am, you know, am a bigger person or all those kinds of things, you know, and it's like you haven't even commented on anything that I said, all you're doing is, you know, saying I'm a, you know, fat, fat bewitch, you know, like that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, do you think you're hurting my feelings? Like, do you think you're the first person that said that to me? And, uh, and, and it's, it's just frustrating where I feel like they wouldn't jump to personal appearance as quickly on for a male YouTuber as they do sometimes for female YouTuber. And that can be frustrating when it's like, you didn't pay attention to anything I said. All you cared about is the fact that, you know, what I look like. I think that can That's be happened a lot to me yeah. for voicing opinions that immediately goes to, well, you're fat and ugly. And I'm like, this has nothing to do <laughs> with the movie I just talked about. What, because I had an opinion? <laughs> like, and then I'm like, okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> So I just get back to just writing because I feel like, I feel like also just the fact that you actually have to like read in order that, that that's also sort of, as opposed to YouTube, which is sort of easier to digest, mm. uh, is that oh, they actually have to read to be ticked off at what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I've had my guests do in these uh, panels is have them come uh, prepared with an unpopular opinion that they had, and we're going to talk about it and talk about what that experience is like. And uh, so, Shannon, what did you come up with for that? Uh, so my unpopular opinion was I loved Joker and holy, I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but um, wow, were people mad. Yeah. Well, so that's so interesting because uh, I've had people on this panel, Daniel Solzman in particular, who had to go to the authorities because she didn't like Joker and got death threats to her family and to her. And, and sometimes I feel like with these comic book movies, there's just no, it's no win either way. If you like it, then you're a fanboy and you don't, you know, you don't care. Yeah. If you don't like it, then you're a hater. And <laughs> it's really bizarre because at the end of the day, I'm like, y'all, these are just movies. Like we did not cure cancer we watched a, mu a movie and I tried to explain to people that, you know, there was so much discourse about Joker before it came out. So many people had established opinions and I get it that I guess, and that's fine. But then I, I went and saw the movie because I wanted to form my own opinion. I thought it was a, a phenomenal way to bring forth and discuss mental illness. Is it the perfect way? Probably not. Uh, definitely not considering what happens, but I thought it brought up 
conversation that needed to be happened and how society treats those with mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. That said, if somebody hates it, that's fine. That is their opinion. But you would think that like, to this day, the world exploded like with some people. Nobody should get death threats if they like it. Nobody should get threats in general about any movie. It's, it's not that- well, And what's funny too about that movie is I'm like, did the, the people that, whether it's people that are harassing people because they like it or don't like it, it's like, did you watch the movie at all? The whole point of the movie was about how we treat people terrible and how we, we don't, uh, we, you know, we dehumanize people. That was the whole point. So why are you doing it? You're doing exactly what the movie was about not doing. <laughs> and like, and I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge comic book person. So I couldn't sit here and be like, yes, it followed, you know, was it the killing joke or, or whatever the mm -hmm. comic was like exactly yeah. i don't know all the timelines of joker all of that i just went in thinking i'm a fan of villainous characters i love a good villain i love to see how they become the person that they become i find that interesting but i think there were issues with dehumanizing the character and i get that but mm -hmm. it didn't deter me from my Your best enjoyment. film yeah the best film that came out that year very good. Amy, what about you? What's an unpopular opinion that you've had that stands out? Well, I was thinking of one and I, your conversation earlier pointing out the trailer reaction that I did for Suicide Squad reminded me of an even worse one that I got. So we're going to one. Um, before I became massively obsessed with horror, I was first a geek. And so I think now it's like, I've just expanded. There's more stuff that I geek out about. Um, but with that being said, I've, I, I didn't necessarily grow up loving Marvel, but I definitely kind of just like fell into it and then fell in love madly, deeply, quickly. It was beautiful. But <laughs> I did know about DC and I was like, yeah, okay. Well, like, let me try to watch some DC stuff. And besides Christopher Reeve's Superman, I hadn't been successful in finding something that I was like super pumped about. Um, that has since changed because of the Batman. Woo -woo! But <laughs> when I was on a Popcorn Talks, the box office breakdown panel, we basically just broke down the top five movies in the box office every weekend. And so it was just a fun time for us to chat about the movies. And when Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, wait, Justice League, when Justice mm -hmm. League came out, <laughs> I was like, huh, okay, yeah, like, let me give it a shot. I really like Jason Momoa. I had started watching Game of Thrones, and I was like, whoa, there's a lot of him doing things, and <laughs> I, like, let me, let me just, like, give it a shot, and also Batfleck, what? Okay, sure. I watched it, because this was obviously after Wonder Woman, and I was like, yeah, Gal Gadot, yeah, this is cool, and I was so disappointed so disappointed with Justice League. And I was just like, what the heck was that? Especially after, unfortunately, having seen some wonderful Marvel movies where all of them team up. And I was like, I don't want to compare it to Marvel because it is possible for people to like both. And I want to like both. I want to love both. But the fact that I didn't like it, I had to actively not read any of the comments. <laughs> All the thumbs downs were like insane. 
the producers for Popcorn Talk were like, whoa, what, like, what happened? And I was like, oh, I had an opinion about Justice League, so like, don't worry about it. Like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, well, now, no. and now it's probably the reverse. If you, if you like Justice League, then people are like, oh, you know, like, because, oh, oh, yeah, no, anybody that likes it. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so if I'm too excited, like I am, or like I was with uh, Infinity War um, and Endgame, it's like, psh, you're putting on a front. You're not actually that excited. If yeah. I'm not that excited, oh, you hate everything. Okay. If I'm kind of lukewarm, oh, you hate it. So I'm like, <laughs> I have feelings. They're mine. You're not going to tell me my feelings are wrong. I didn't have a blast. Good for them that they finished the movie. I didn't like it. But my God, there were so many, like, I, I got people tweets. I mean, tweets that were just sent to me after the fact. And I was like, Meh. or like, oh, are you going to watch all these movies so that you can understand Justice League? Meh. Or like all these things. That's I'm like, you know so what? Funny. Go go waste your energy on something else. But it was it was more exciting, I think, for me, not reading the comments and being like, oh, look at all this engagement, guys. Like look <laughs> at you. Woo! So suck it. Yeah. Yeah. I I <laughs> I had a similar experience. Most people who follow my channel and have been watching these know my story uh, with uh, with what happened when I didn't love Shazam. I didn't think it was the worst movie in the world or anything, but I didn't go fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And you'll understand this, Amy, when you get out of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, when you they they don't care anything about what you said. If you go rotten on a movie that they like, especially especially if you are one of the first early ones a lot of times it's a movie they haven't even seen and uh and they will be it doesn't matter any of the reasons that you had the fact that you go rotten is just that's it that's it and i had um a group on facebook called f marvel tards they targeted me and they said that uh that i was a they said that i was an rt sheep and I, that, uh, that she said, they said, let's invade her profile and teach her a lesson. And, uh, they said that they wanted to, that they wanted me off YouTube and never to review a DC film ever again. And so then a, a couple of hours so later, dramatic. <laughs> I know, it's unbelievable. and then a couple of hours later, I got a message, uh, from on Facebook from somebody who says, I will kill you and your family. If you go to another press screening, I will bring an automatic gun and shoot you multiple times. I swear oh I will do God. that. Oh my God. And so I actually had to contact uh, my, obviously the screening company, I had to contact them and tell them I had to inform the FBI that a mass shooting had been threatened. And of course, uh, Facebook was practically useless and they're gonna be well it's through the messaging system and that's a different company or whatever so uh, but then finally they did something and th and uh, and of course this idiot uh, just a few uh like the next after i had exposed him uh, a couple of days later it's like oh i was just kidding i was joking and i'm like are you freaking kidding me i mean i didn't respond to him of course but uh but anyway, it was just unbelievable. And I thought that I had been creating content for, for a decade. I thought that I had 
I was pretty strong and that I had pretty thick skin, but it definitely shook me to my core. Absolutely. And like, like, it's just not something that you normally experience being told that, you know, that, that there's going to be a mass shooting because of your feelings on Shazam. And it really scared me. I mean, it took me a long time when I finally did uh, the response to DC fandom. I did a video. That was the first content that I had made on my channel about anything DC because I just had written my reviews for, uh, for, um, and I had skipped out of Birds of Prey because I was just like, I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't deal with it. But it was a very, very shocking experience to to go through. And it's just, it's just crazy. And as I've done, been doing the, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do these panels is so that we could, we could share our experiences and, uh, you know, what it's like to just, when these trolls just focus on you. And uh, it's just really, really sad because I think they, they've, they've, they, I kind of, I've said for a long time, I feel like what's happened uh, with movies is kind of what's been with sports for a long time. You know, the people, this is my family. This is, yep. this is my team. You insult it, you're insulting me. And, but the thing about sports is the sports has obvious winners and losers. There's literally a winner, to whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas like for a movie, there's not like, it's just whatever you like, like what you like, you know? It's fine. And, and it's so funny because now, just like you were saying, Amy, with Justice League, now a lot of the Snyder people now are all of a sudden turned on Shazam and they're making some of the same arguments that I made about Shazam, (laughs) about Shazam, uh, about its silly tone and about, you know, some of the other things that I said. And, uh, and, you know, these are the same people that were, you know, they were calling me a Marvel tard. I'm just like, oh my gosh so frustrating uh but yeah there's just nothing like it when you have an unpopular opinion and it it tests you it really does yep but uh but let's talk about uh reviews that we're proud of uh that we've done um and i thought it would be fun since this is a horror uh kind of themed episode of this is actually just this very week I, I have over my blog, I have a blind spot series where every month I try to review a classic film that uh, I haven't seen. And uh, so this year I decided for October to review ha- the original Halloween. And Aww. so I was really proud of, <laughs> I was really Yay. proud of it because I was, you know, that was out, definitely out of my comfort zone. But uh, but I ended up actually enjoying it. I thought that it was a very well-made movie, uh, very, uh, very well done as far as you feel like the characters are constantly being watched the entire time. There's just the sense, even if they're just talking on the phone, there's just a sense that somebody's watching them. And I think a lot of that goes down to the music. Um, so I, I, yeah, I was, I was pretty proud. I, uh, I said um, in my review that I said, 
I can totally see why it's a classic and a favorite of horror fans. It's very well directed by Carpenter with a leering <laughs> cinematography by Dean Cundy. Even when the characters are doing mundane things like talking on the phone or watching television, there's a sense they are being watched and they should be more careful than they are being. We as an audience know the deranged Michael Myers is out there, but the characters don't. This makes us anxious for them and the violence when it does happen, very effective. So... I was, I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> so what about you, Shannon? What's a review that you feel it you were proud of that you feel like it's very well written, well done? First, I'm going to say, when you get the chance, watch Trick or Treat. Okay. Because what my entire, you don't even see the, the huge collection on the side of the wall, but it is the best Halloween horror anthology of all time. But it literally is the best. Okay. And it's, just watch it. You feel um, like it's a pretty good one for, for newbies? Yes. There okay. are some kill scenes that are, you know, but Sam, who's this little guy, he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. Um, but yes, I think that That's you can great. watch that fine as a, as a newcomer. If you've watched Halloween, I think you can watch Trick or Treat. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> that said, <laughs> I'm going to go in a different direction. Probably the review that I'm most proud of is my review for Hereditary. Mm. Um, that movie changed my life. Yes, I have I have something like that too that I got <laughs> somewhere and it says like about Tony Collette. That was oh, that's still a trigger point. If um, people are listening. <laughs> Amy just has a uh, nominate Tony Collette. <laughs> you cowards uh, sticker on her laptop <laughs> that was i oh my god the rage um <laughs> that i had just i went to a press screening of that right when i found out my mom had breast cancer and if you haven't seen the film and also my dad had passed away 18 years ago so that film destroyed me but in like the best way possible because it helped me be able to work through the grief and trauma of losing a loved one because it was done in such such a way how it was shown with the younger uh, with the son and how he was dealing and processing with certain aspects that happened in the film was just incredible to see it is a tough film to watch it is one that needs to be watched multiple times if you are not somebody that watches a lot of horror, do not start with that film at all. Yeah. <laughs> if we're doing levels, like trick or treats here, hereditary's like like there. So there's like there's a lot of room. Um, but it was it was it was for a year. I thought about that film every single day. Like I could not stop thinking about it because. Ari Aster is, he's brilliant. And then he came out with Midsummer, And though I, I think on a personal level that Hereditary is superior, that could be possibly because of my connection with it. Um, those films deal with the horrors of the supernatural and the horrors of reality in such a way that is just so mind blowing. And he's like the nicest dude, just as an FYI. Like you would never, he's very soft-spoken, very sweet. And I remember somebody, I think it was at the premiere of Midsummer, <laughs> said to him like, are you okay? 
Like, is everything okay? Because he had gone through a breakup for Midsummer, uh, and that's how Midsummer came to be. And he was like, why? And the person was like, did you watch the movie you made? Like, are you, you know, so with, so Hereditary affected me in such a powerful way. And Midsummer had a very similar feel, but not to the same extent as, as Hereditary. And it's horrific. It's, it's, it's a lot of things, but. But sometimes that can yes. be really hard <laughs> if we are so impacted and to be able to convey that in a, in a coherent, interesting way. Uh, that, I feel like sometimes the, the, the reviews that we're the most passionate about can be the most challenging to write. I had people, <laughs> I was, I mean, I've been obsessed with this movie since the first, and I saw it months before it was released and I couldn't talk to anyone about it. So I was like, go, it was the only film I've seen where I came home from the screening. My partner wasn't home at the time. And he came home about 30 minutes later and was like, why is every single light in the apartment on? And I was like, oh, I have to make sure that there aren't things on the walls. And I'm not going to explain that. But he was like, okay, can I sh turn them off? And I was like, no, you can't. Like, you know, and then the movie came out and people would message me about how much they hated the movie as if I cared. And it got to the point where I actually had to tell people, please stop talking to me about this movie if you hate it, because I, this is not going to end well for either one of us. Like I have a very strong emotional attachment to this movie and I just don't care if you hate it. Like, yeah. What, what about you, Amy? Uh, what, what's a review that you've done or a, a video that you've done that you are, are proud of that you really love? I believe it was two, three, four weeks ago. What is time in quarantine, right? <laughs> so true. Um, it could have been three months ago. But recently, I, I, on my show, I talked about Tales from the Hood, the very first one, which is another horror anthology. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that I, when I started doing the show, I was like, you know what, guys, I started the show at the end of May. And obviously, a lot of things happened at the end of May. And, um, I feel like I realized that even though I am Latina, that a lot of the movies I have watched since I was a kid have been very white. And so I didn't realize until I was older where I was like, wait a second, where, where are my people? <laughs> like, where are they? What about everyone else? I mean, sure, you get some like, <clears throat> you get Get Out, right? You get um, Us, which I love. Yes. Oh my God, I love both of them so much. Right. But it's just, it's the idea of wanting to expand my horizons and watch horror films that are, <laughs> right, that are, um, that are foreign, you know, watch horror foreign films. And I hate the term foreign because it's like, it's foreign to us, but it's not like foreign, right? So they're international mm -hmm. and opening up our horizons when it comes to horror. I feel like most people, when they think of horror, they think Halloween. I love Halloween, right? I love Friday the 13th. I love Nightmare on Elm Street, but a lot of those are very white. So that was one of my main goals with the show every single week to bring a movie that either uh, a lot of us haven't heard of um, or that show people of color at the forefront. And so I'd been wanting to watch Tales from the Hood for a while. And so I finally saw it and I loved it. And the thing was too, that there's so many things, I will never know what it's like to be black. 
but that doesn't stop me from wanting to understand and wanting to get that perspective from people that are black. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with everyone else, right? I mean, I could go on and on. So with Tales from the Hood, when I talked about it, I was like, you guys, I, and I know, I know the people that watch my show and I know that they might not know about it. They might not care about it. And maybe if I talk about it, if they see me, because they're tuning in to watch me and like my weird, crazy faces and opinions and sounds that I make, then maybe they can watch that. Like maybe I'll pique their interest to watch movies that they wouldn't normally watch. Um, and so someone tweeted at me after the fact and was like, hey, that was like a really good review for Tales from the Hood, like one of the best I've seen. So glad that you talked about it. And I was like, wow, like you watched it because you're not yeah. in my chat, in my live chat. So thank you so much for watching it. Thank you for sharing that out on the internet. Whoever sees it, maybe they'll watch for, like Tales from the Hood now. And it's the same idea with Bong Joon-ho movies. Oh my goodness. Like, uh, oh, stop. Like not even, yeah. and, and just, uh, what is yeah. it? Um, Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. There are so many that I'm like, ugh. I, and I'm a huge Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro fan. Um, so it's just, you know, and today's yeah. his birthday. Happy birthday, GDT. I love you. Um, so yeah, it's just expanding our horizons and getting excited about stuff that we wouldn't know about. And then having someone be like, hey, yeah, like, that's cool. I love that you did that. And I mean, I think it makes more sense for someone that's Black to talk about Tales from the Hood. But if it's either not watching it and not talking about it, or me trying to get you in that world and then maybe opening up that window and then you going and finding those black women writers, those black LGBTQ writers, reviewers, everyone, then that's awesome. This, I'm just like a little open, like a door, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's the best feeling as a critic is when you get a chance, like I said, in the introduction of the new, the support of the new, and even if it's not technically new, new to you, new to your community, new to your friends, introducing them to it and uh, Roger would he would say that uh, that the movies are a machine for creating empathy and I think that that's really really true that it doesn't matter the genre uh, but you get a chance to uh, to walk in another person's shoes that you would never have before and even if it's in a fantasy setting that's still the uh, the the uh, the conflict that a character may be experiencing may be something that you had never experienced before. Like say a character is divorced. I'm not divorced, uh, but I can watch a movie about somebody that's divorced and, and understand and have empathy now for that, for that character. And, uh, and, and for other people in my life who are going through that situation. I mean, I thought about that a lot when Moonlight came out, like mm-hmm. when, uh, I mean, I'm probably never going to meet somebody like Sharon in Moonlight in my life. <laughs> I just, I mean, I live in Utah. I'm just probably never going to meet a, uh, a, a gay black man from, you know, Florida or is that, and, and all of that. I'd love to, <laughs> but, uh, but I, the chance to sort of experience his life was a really wonderful moving experience that that I'll never forget and it was very special to me and so I think that when when movies can have that power it it really changes you and it that's that's when the whole community that we have whether it's on YouTube or in the blogosphere or film Twitter or whatever it might be is at its best when we are supporting one another with our different views different styles 
and becoming a better person because of this incredible art that we all enjoy. And uh, so I think it's, it's really, it's a, it's a great experience when that can happen. It makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, very good. You, you both are so fun. I've really enjoyed getting to talk with you and getting your perspectives. Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited. Hopefully we can collab again. I've really, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, so why don't you share each share uh, how people can find your content on social media and also your, uh, your, your content. And, uh, and I'll have that all in the description section as well. But Shannon, what about you? How can people find you? Uh, you can find all nightmarish conjuring stuff on Facebook and Instagram at nightmarish conjurings and on Twitter at nightmarish with a one at the end. So M A R one I or S H it's been a long day. Um, (laughs) and then for me, you can find me at Shannon underscore McGrew on Twitter or on Instagram at horror design chick. Great. And what about you, Amy? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and letterbox at Amy Cassandra MTZ. If you guys don't have letterbox, get letterbox. It's great. Yes. Basically you just review. It's not sponsored. I always talk about letterbox this way, but I love it so much because it's like <laughs> a diary for all your movies. Um, and on my YouTube, it's basically youtube.com forward slash Amy Cassandra. That's it. Um, and that shows every Saturday at 2 PM Pacific time. I also recently started streaming on Twitch. I started streaming horror video games. It's so exciting. So twitch.com. No, that's not true. Twitch.tv slash Amy Cassandra MTZ. It rhymes. And yeah, I mean, I'm just everywhere. So just like find me and then just kind of like go through all the tunnels and stuff. Great. Yeah. And like I said, we'll have all that in the description section. So make sure you're all checking it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Been doing a lot of reviews. So make sure to check that out. And also at the Hallmarkies podcast, uh, we have uh, where we started covering Christmas this week, which is crazy, but it's so fun. Uh, we got our preview shows going on over there. So make sure to check that out. You'll really enjoy it. And uh, so thanks so much, everybody. We'd like to Thank hear your you. comments and, and we'll you. talk to you all. We'll talk to you all later. Bye everyone. Bye.